Let's pray. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Dear friends, it is a tremendous privilege uh, to be able to bring a message of joy, uh, certain joy, in the midst of a world which is in such darkness and such need. And, uh, and I'm talking about Luke 2 that we've just had read, this gospel account. I'm talking about the familiar account of the birth of Jesus who was laid in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And uh, I don't know about you, but in fact, I come from a family where these words were familiar. And like lots of our friends, we were all had yearly Christmas pageants that we prepared for. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, as a would-be shepherd, I had to memorize, of course, this is King James Version. Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Uh, and that's, but it would be a big mistake, friends, to think that this is just nostalgia that sort of warms your heart in the middle of the winter. Uh, but in fact, this is incredible. This is the only hope for this dark world. And it's wrapped up in this baby who was born in a manger. So let's think about this. And I have four things that strike me about the God uh, of Luke 2. First of all, Aren't you glad that the God that we find in Luke 2 is one who delivers on his promises, who's able to, to do what he said he was going to do, and even use unwelcome things that invade our lives and use them for good to do what he wants to do in his purposes. So it says in Luke 2, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own hometown. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Very familiar words. But what I want us to notice that, in fact, what Luke is pointing out is that God delivered on his Old Testament promises. First of all, the promise that there was one who would come of the line of David who would have a reign which would go forever. And so it says, when your days are fulfilled, this was to David, and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who will come from your own body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will dis discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me, your throne shall be established forever. And here it is. Drum roll, please. That this one is about to be born who is in the line of David because Joseph and Mary were of the lineage of David. More than that, it was in Bethlehem. So Micah 5 says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, the, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. 
here it is, that God delivers on his promise. And what's really kind of fun for us now, these many years later, is that God used a registration or a tax. I, in my mind, picture Caesar Augustus chuckling to himself as he thought of the brilliance of this idea of just issuing a decree that everybody has to go to their hometown to be counted, but of course, to pay taxes. And he could think, ka-ching, 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 the money rolling in for him, which of course is what happened. And this wasn't just once. Apparently, there was at least another time because he says this was the first registration at the time of then Quirinius was governor of Syria. Obviously, there was another. And so Caesar, in his self-centered, uh, looking after numero uno and himself, was, uh, had issued this decree in order to fill his pockets. But the living God used it as a means of moving Mary and Joseph up in Galilee from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem because it had to be in Bethlehem for this one to be born. Aren't you glad that we have a God who delivers on his promise and is so creative in his capacity to do so, even using unwelcome things if necessary to work for good? Second, the second thing about this amazing God is Uh, He's one who sent his son into the world, who humbled himself so completely to be our savior. Years later, Jesus reminded the disciples that he said, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so as we read in these words, it says, um, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her, this is Mary, to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn, no room for them in the inn. What a inauspicious, unfortunate, uh, unceremonious entry for the king of kings to come into this world. And yet it had to be that way because he came not to be served, but to serve. He who knew no sin was going to become sin that we might become the righteousness of God. And so it is that Paul said in Philippians 2, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus had to enter this world where there was no room for him and for him to be laid in a trough, which was really for animals feeding, because he came as a servant. He emptied himself and that was going to take him right straight to a cross because he was obedient even to death, our death, our judgment, so that we could receive his righteousness, his life. For Hebrews says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then come with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. Aren't you glad that we have a God who sent his son, who so completely humbled himself, so that he is able to identify with the likes of you and me and to sympathize with our weaknesses and to offer mercy and grace. Thirdly, aren't you glad that we have a God who sent a savior who comes 
for everybody, but is specifically for you, my friend. Listen to this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. You bet they were. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the amazing thing about this Jesus, is that he's not just for a a select few, but in fact, he came though in such humility, he came as the savior of all time for all people everywhere, all people everywhere. Good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. This is astounding. But lest you get lost in the the all people and thinking that sort of overlooks you, understand the angel went on and said, for unto you, and looking at those shepherds, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's absolutely extraordinary. And of course, a sign is given to them so that they can identify this one. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And that's exactly what happened when they went. Uh, Now, what's this swaddling clothes thing? Well, apparently in biblical times, uh, when a baby was born, they would tie together bandage-like strips. And after the infant was born, they would cut the umbilical cord and tie it. And then they'd wrap the baby, first rubbed with salt and oil, and then they'd wrap them in strips of cloth. Mary and Joseph faithfully did exactly what was required, but this little one was lying in a manger, which was extraordinary. And so they knew they had a newborn and they knew he was exactly the one. Good news, great joy, which shall be for all people. I love that, for unto you is born. And fourthly, aren't you glad that the God who Uh, is in Luke 2, who sent his son to be born in a manger in Bethlehem, is one who loves to bring ordinary people like shepherds to himself, and then in incredible kindness actually use their witness to shed the light, because he is the light that all people need, and the light and life. And so that's what happened with these shepherds. I've been thinking about the fact that, you know, in these recent days, as the vaccine uh, has been released on this world, uh, and there's this Margaret Keenan, a 90-year-old British grandmother, who ended up being the first one in the whole world to receive uh, the the vaccination since those who had gone through the trial. Uh, And uh, and it was a a great delight uh, for this humble Uh, dear, otherwise uh, just ordinary person. I think that's the way the Lord thought of it when when the angel went to the shepherds. It wasn't the, the, uh, the big time folk, the obvious ones. It was the inconspicuous, the ordinary. And so it was the case. And so, uh, you know, in BC, more locally, Nisha Yunus, 64, who'd worked in the same long-term home care for 41 years, she got to be the first one in BC to receive the vaccination. 
In my mind, it's kind of like the shepherds in God's mind. He chose ordinary, otherwise uh, not to be expected to be famous for anything. And yet they got to be the ones to hear the, this joyful message, which was good news of great joy for everybody, but also for them, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. And so it is that it says in Luke 2 that they went to, uh, to uh, Bethlehem and they found this baby and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her, and pondered them in her heart. What I like about this is that the shepherds, they were talking to everybody and anybody about this child. And that he, in fact, he was... The, the Christ the Lord, the Savior of the whole world. Uh, and, and yet, he all, they also spoke to Mary and Joseph. So Mary, who had just given birth to the very Son of God, needed the encouragement in this time of weakness and exhaustion. And she pondered these words in her heart and thank, said, Thank you, God, for sending these shepherds who had had an encounter with angels, who told them. And what did the angels say? They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. You see, that's what this baby brings. He brings peace with God. He means the enmity, the sin, the thing that otherwise makes us enemies with God. He deals with it in such an extraordinary and wonderful way so that sinful men and women, boys and girls, can be actually not only friends, but the beloved children of God, because that's what they are when they come to Jesus by faith. Dear friends, the message of Christmas is absolute joy if you have Jesus in your life. It's certain joy, it, it's durable joy, it's joy that stands the test, it's joy that cannot be extinguished. It's eternal joy. It's joy in Jesus. If you have him, you have it all. And you are unspeakably rich and blessed. But if you don't have this one, then no matter whatever else you may have going for you, you are absolutely lost and you are in deep trouble. But the good news is, this good news of great joy, which is all, for all people, it's also for unto you, friend. A Savior has been born. And so 2020, Christmas 2020, is the perfect time to run by faith to this Jesus, who is the light of the world, who's the Savior, who's the Savior of all. Uh, and it, he works in every case. That's why Paul was not said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to anyone and everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Dear friend, in Christ, we are incredibly blessed. Joy to the world. And more than that, we have what everybody else needs. Joy to the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We love you, God, that you found a way to fulfill your promise of old in the birth of Jesus. We love you, God, that Jesus came and humbled himself so completely to be the servant. We love you, God, that the message of the gospel is for everybody, and he is for me, for you, 
And we bless you, Lord, and we love you, God, that you shed the light of the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus through the likes of ordinary people who have been surprised by this joy of Jesus in their own lives. We bless you this Christmas. We say glory to God in the highest, and we thank you for that peace, which is here on earth for anyone and everyone who has the Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Amen.